Couch Chats is a series of real, open, honest and raw chats with some inspiring friends and women I have had the privilege to meet along my entrepreneurial journey. So I wanted to share these casual interview chats with you all to leave you feeling empowered and inspired. I am your host, Jess Williamson, a serial entrepreneur and business coach. And today I have my good friend, Emile, all the way from Melbourne, who is the founder of Boracay Skin, going on five years in business now, which is super exciting. But Emile and I met all the way back when we were both just starting our businesses and we've been a great support system for each other along the way. So it's been awesome having friends in a similar industry. We went to New York together. We did showcases. We've done many, many collaborations and just supported each other along the way. So I'm excited for today's chat. Let's get started. Hey, Emil, how are you? Hi, how are you? <laughs> Good to see you yeah. um, all the way in Melbourne. Yeah, it's a bit cold today, so it doesn't actually feel like summer here. <laughs> it's 38 here, so it's uh, a little bit hot. <laughs> I've got I, the aircon on. I had my coat on when I went outside. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, 15 degrees. <laughs> a little bit different. Wow, freezing. That's even colder than our winter. Yeah, <laughs> it's cold. <laughs> so... I mentioned you are the founder of Boracay Skin and you've been running that for just over five years now. So congratulations on the recent birthday as well. Oh yeah, thank you. Um, but it's been a wild ride and we've done quite a lot of little, you know, collaborations. We went to New York together. Um, so, so many things we've done along the journey. Um, and there's some really cool stuff that I think you can share with everyone today. So I thought it would be awesome if we start off with working your full-time job. So as I mentioned, you were a flight attendant um, for a few years whilst you were still running Okay, on the side, you were flying all over the world. You were coming to Perth quite often, so we got yeah. to catch up. Yeah. And then you went to Hong Kong and all sorts of different um, routes. And that is probably one of the most challenging jobs, I guess. You do get some time off, but also you're on a plane, so you can't do your business on the side. Whereas when I was working full time, I was in an office job. So <laughs> it was kind of easy to do it on the side um, and be a little bit discreet about it. So I'd love for you to share a little bit about that journey of working full time and what was that like whilst running your business and growing it globally, getting into Urban Outfitters and all these amazing milestones all while working full time. Because I find a lot of people also say, I have a full-time job, so I can't invest in my business or I can't grow my business. Um, and they're just waiting for that day that they can quit. Then they can put their effort into it. But as we've both done, we grew our businesses pretty well um, whilst doing that. So let us know a little bit about your journey there. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, you explained it pretty well. So I was flight attendant from 2013 uh, up until 2018 and I was working on Boracay Skin probably around since 2014 and then launching in 2015. But and as you said, it was harder not being in an mm. office job because if you're on a plane, you literally cannot be on your computer, you can't be <laughs> on your phone, you can't take phone calls. I remember there were times where I'm like thinking, and you know, at the start you do everything yourself. You don't have like a team or anything. It's just you. And so like even if I had important phone calls to make, I could couldn't do it. And it had to mm. be like outside of those hours. So it was challenging, but I guess I'm an example of it can be done, really. <laughs> yeah. 
So how did you manage that? Did you mostly just maximize your time while you're in hotels and different places around? Um, yeah, if you have any tips around that, I think people would yeah. find it helpful. So, you know, we'd have what we call layovers. So when we finished our flight, we'd go to the hotel and then we had a bit of downtime to basically do whatever we wanted before our next flight back home or onto our next destination. And some crew were just, you know, sleeping or going out and exploring <laughs> the cities they were in. And I didn't do a lot of that um, because I was working on my business. I basically carried my laptop um, by the end. The laptop was quite broken because it had been carried <laughs> from place to place in my suitcase. And I would just work on my business whenever I could. So like on weekends, um, on my layovers in the hotels, um, just any spare moment I had, I would do it. So uh, when I look back on it, I would say like the first couple of years, especially, yeah, they were just like the hardest years of my life because, mm -hmm. and I didn't even realize at the time, it's just now that like, you know, we, we learn how to manage our time better and um, yeah. <laughs> knowing to take breaks because at the start, I'm sure you would have um, remembered as well like we were just workaholics you just work all the time you wouldn't switch off you wouldn't block times it would just be like constant on mode yes um yeah so yeah I it was there was a lot of that just being on all the time so yeah yeah and it is a bit about like passion and also priorities because you prioritized your business at that time where other people were prioritizing sleep and partying um so yeah it is about priorities and I think everyone has their priorities and that's cool if your priority is to sleep and party or, you know, elsewhere. But if you are a keen business owner, if you have something that you're really passionate about, you will prioritize it. Um, and it's not easy. <laughs> We're not going to lie. Um, but it is doable. Definitely. Yeah. I, I, I totally agree with that because I think, um, you know, like in, I was in my mid twenties when I started it and I would always see people like going out and partying. And then I was kind of like, Oh, I had massive FOMO, <laughs> but I think when you start a business, you really got to think of why you're doing it and what your reasoning is. Like if you start getting off track or you're, you know, getting massive FOMO, you just have to rem remember why you started. And um, even my why is still like what I carry with me today. So it really just mm. guides you onto the, you know, the right direction you need to be in. So true. I love that tip. So then Tell us how long were you working full-time whilst running the business and then what took you to that point where you just were like, I've got to choose one or the other and I'm choosing my business? Yeah, so it was actually probably three years into my journey and, you know, I, I follow a lot of other um, entrepreneurs and other business owners and it always seemed like they were just going in it um, full-time straight away and that was something that I was always kind of hesitant in doing because I wasn't sure if I was doing the right thing or if I'm like, is my business ready? Um, and so there's, I don't know if there's an actual test to know when it's actually ready. I think other people might say there is, but for me, it was just knowing when the time was right. Um, mm -hmm. And I think it kind of came because um, my airline was actually offering us all career breaks and it basically meant that you could take 12 months off leave without pay and go do something else completely not mm. relevant to being a flight attendant. We, what, we, like you could go volunteer for a whole year or you could go study or do something. And mine was to work on my business and do a bit of travel. So 
um, I ended up getting it because you had to apply for it. And then I got it at the start of 2018. And I, I guess it was kind of like a, a sabbatical because I, I went traveling for six months, bought a one-way ticket and just went mm-hmm. and traveled. And I know this sounds cliche, but that was when I did a lot of soul searching and being like, what am I doing with my life? Um, because it's not, I think when you just are on the go all the time and you're just going from your day-to-day routine and nothing's like everything's the same, you don't really think outside of what you're doing in your routine and why you're doing it. Um, and so like me traveling on my own for six months kind of made me think, okay, what am I doing? Is my, is my business something I want to take seriously? Is it going to be a side hustle for a, a long time? What do, what do I want? with it and I just Mm. said to myself no I want it to be uh, a full-time thing for me so I need to start focusing on how I'm going to get there and that's when like I think when I changed my you know honestly when I changed my mindset about the business that's when it started to really grow so sometimes I think your your kind of your goals are kind of only limited by your belief system as well and um yeah, like it's just, it was just strange to me that like once I made that commitment, like there's no going back. I'm not going to go back to being a flight attendant. Like I made that, you know, decision that I wasn't going to go back mentally. That's seriously when it started to um, pick up, we got more orders, started to grow. Um, so for me, that was when I knew, okay, I'm going to do this full time. Yes. I always say, you know, commit to something and then you'll kind of figure out the how. So you kind of took off those training wheels and you're on your own. So you kind of had to figure it out. Otherwise the other option is go back and get the job. So I think sometimes people do just need to take that leap if it is what they want to do. Um, And secondly, firstly, deciding what you want to do, because so often people sort of just going through the motions, like you said, which is a really great um, point that you're going through the motions. You're not really thinking about what is it that I actually want? And when you decide what you actually want, then the path becomes so clear and it becomes so much easier to reach those goals if you decide what you actually want. Um, it's like driving a car without a GPS, not knowing where you're going. Yeah, You put on the GPS and it's pretty straightforward. Um, it's definitely not easy, but it gives you more of that direct path um, in knowing where you're going. So because you had that year, that was an awesome opportunity because it gave you to the opportunity to have sort of one foot in, you know, that safety net and one foot out. Not everyone has that, obviously. They either have to quit or they stay in it. And for me, it was the point I was like, I'd rather get a job at McDonald's wherever I need to than stay here and not give my business a go. Do you have any tips around that for people who maybe don't have that opportunity to have that safety net of going back to their current job? I'm going to tell you something I've actually never told anyone before. So uh-huh. I actually, so when I was on that 12 month break, I actually went and had a part-time job. Like that mm. it was only for like six months, but nobody knew wow. I did it because it was such a temporary thing for me. I was like, oh, I'm, <laughs> this is just something for me to um, make ends meet because I came back from my trip and I had absolutely no money. Um, my business wasn't like doing as well as it is now. So I was like, yeah. I just need, I just need to get another job really. Cause I couldn't go back to my old job for another six months. Mm. So I actually needed, um, another, you know, safety net if you want to call it. Cause I didn't have any. So I was like, I need to, and I, I got a job. It wasn't like, it, it was kind of dawning cause you're like, Oh, what if I can't get a job? And 
And I did. Like, I, I just applied yeah. for a few, went to a couple of interviews and I got the job. So I guess people do have those fears that like, oh, what if I – I feel like there's always – a job out there or you can go if you can't go back to your other job there's always another opportunity mm-hmm. so I think sometimes people get afraid that there's no other opportunities for them yeah um but as I I found in my case like I was able to get a job so it was okay um even though it was like a kind of a scary time because I was in that transition period um and then I ended up quitting that job because my that's when my business started taking off really yes. so I was like it's just I think we just have these fears in our head and we just play it in our heads over and over. And then it, this big fear manifests. And then I think we need to actually think about like, what's the worst that could happen and yeah. work backwards. So it's like, okay, if I, um, you know, if I can't make money, like what, what's my plan B or plan C mm-hmm. or whatever it is. But yeah, I, I feel like, especially in a, a country like Australia, there's a lot of opportunity. I mean, this year has been pretty hard with COVID. So that like, you know, it was very challenging for mm. a lot of people, but in general, like we are, we are um, fortunate to be in a country where you, you can get a job and it's not as difficult as it, it seems. So uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I think, I think there is more opportunity out there than people might realize is what I'm trying to yeah, say. And it's, it's kind of like taking that pressure off yourself because we always put this pressure on ourselves that this decision is the decision that I'm making for the rest of my life, but it's yeah, not. It's the no. decision that you're making right now and you may not enjoy your business five years down the track and then you can make another decision and, yeah. and you can continue to make these decisions. So, you know, it's similar to when you finish high school. They say, you know, you've got to decide what you want to do after high school and that's going to be the rest of your life. It's not the case these days. People change careers, people change um, their passions. Um, and so, yeah, I love that you shared that because it really is, it's not the be all and end all. You've yeah. just got to, if that's something you're passionate about, give it a go. And if it doesn't work out, you can go and get a different job. Yeah, totally. I think, I think that is probably one of the biggest, I guess, hurdles for any business owner or entrepreneur. And I totally understand because I have been through that and I wasn't, I didn't jump in the deep end straight away either. So I get that whole like, Oh, what do I do? What if it doesn't work out? (laughs) And, um, but you know, it's just, you have to go for it because otherwise you're never going to know. Um, mm. and you can't really focus it. Cause I think if you're even subconsciously, like you're, you're holding back, um, mm. because knowing that like, you know, oh, what if this, this doesn't work out and all that. So, um, you just, yeah. yeah. Anyone that comes to me, I just say, you need to really just go for it. And no one, no one can convince you. Otherwise it's just you that has uh-huh. to do it. Exactly. Um, it's kind of like if you have a hundred percent energy and you're giving 50% to this other job, you really only have 50% left yeah. for everything else, including your business. So yeah. it's that saying, you know, where you put your energy is where the energy flows and you, you'll see more results. So yeah, thanks for being raw and honest about that and giving <laughs> yeah. us that exclusive I, info. I've, I've never <laughs> told anyone that. I think, yeah, it was just one of those things that I, it was so temporary for me. I don't even think mm. think about it twice anymore. Like it was just like six months I worked for somebody else um, and, you know, I, it was okay. It wasn't something I loved doing, but it was just something to make ends meet. And um, sometimes you just got to do what you got to do. Yeah, <laughs> you do. Um, all right. So those were amazing tips and I think that will resonate with so many people who are currently working full-time or have recently made that jump. Um, but now I want to switch gears into another thing that I know we've both sort of been through 
And a lot of people that I speak to as well, um, you know, have these things come up, which is copycats. And whether that is people copying your products or even just copying your branding or the way you post on social media, it happens to almost every business owner. Um, And it can be so disheartening. And I've had my stuff ripped off globally, even my photos and my designs. And you're going through something quite significant now where your products and pretty much your branding, like literally everything almost. So um, it's pretty insane. But at the same time, I know that the first time it happened to me, I had a breakdown. Like it was mentally so tough um, and sad to see all of your hard work, you know, just stolen so easily. Um, And there is obviously ways you can try and um, get around that. But it has a massive toll on your like mental health, your confidence or your just just taking a piece of you. So I'd love for you to share what you're happy to share about the current situation or any past situations and what learnings you've had from that as well. Yeah. I mean, this is probably, I mean, I've seen brands that we, they follow us or follow me or both. And I, Mm. I can see that they've taken inspiration from us and that's totally fine. Like, you know, every you know, everyone gets inspiration from somewhere, but sometimes there comes a point where it's like blatant plagiarism. Um, and yeah. this is probably the case that I'm going through now. Um, I won't speak too much about it because we are in, in the process of doing the legal stuff mm-hmm. at the moment. But um, what I can say is that you probably, I mean, like when you first start your business, um, you, I don't know, I don't know if this was for you or like, but for me, I didn't think my business was going to be as big as it was now. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I was, I was like, oh yeah, I'll register the business name and trademark it um, from advice from other people. So I did that. And then now I'm like thinking, okay, I should have. So I've, I recently, maybe like last year, I put in applications for other countries for my, my trademark Mm -hmm. um, and for my business and it is costly. So I'm not even going to sugarcoat that. I'm sure, you know, like it's just trying to get all the, the, the legal paperwork and the lawyers to try and file the correct, um, applications for your trademark Mm. and whatnot. It's not cheap. So that's one of probably the costly things, but I would say it's probably one of the best investments because it's, um, basically like you own that IP, your intellectual property, and nobody can really go out and do it anymore unless they want to get into trouble legally. Um, But also it'll save you just the heartache because now I'm going through that process where someone's completely ripped off my brand. Um, They've copied everything from the logo to the font to the copy to the ingredient. I I can just go on, but they basically just copied the whole thing. And um, yeah, so now it's like going through that legal process of like, okay, how did um, cause there is with, with legal things, it's like, you can say this person's copied you, but like under, you know, what law and what jurisdiction mm-hmm. and which country they're in. And so there's all these different things. So, um, my biggest tip for business owners would be to, even if you're small now, or you're just starting, uh, you never know where you're going to be the next, you know, two, five, 10 years, wherever, um, start protecting yourself, um, yeah. and getting your copyright and, um, just knowing all that sort of thing, because one day it will save you or, you know, protect you because there are people out there that have no shame and they will do it and they will just copy because <laughs> they see like, oh, this, this brand's become successful and, um, and yeah, they'll just plagiarize it. And some, if yeah. you haven't got the protections in place, um, 
sometimes there's nothing you can do about it, which is um, annoying. But yeah, so for me, when I actually saw it, I just laughed. I wasn't even sad. I, was, <laughs> I just, every time I see it now, I just laugh because this person is always saying that, you know, they've been um, thinking about this idea for months and like um, coming up with formulas. And it's like, no, you didn't like you. You just, <laughs> you just uh, pretty much copied. But yeah, so I just laugh. But yeah, you do have to look into uh, all the different legal aspects of your business because it, it, it is kind of, for me, it's a boring topic anyway, but it's mm. super important um, and it'll just save you so much time and effort and cost because now it's going to cost me to try and get this thing going. Yeah. Um, so it'll just save you that sort of heartache in the end. Definitely. I mean, for me, when it happened, when my designs were stolen, the problem is there's no laws that cover you for design, really. Um, There was for the photos. So we could get them to take the photos down. But then again, if you're dealing with someone in China or something like that who aren't a legit business, you can't actually chase them. And so for me, I had to learn to separate myself from that and just focus on keep going forward because I would get people sending me messages every day saying, have you seen this? They're using your photos. They're stealing your designs. And I just had to, you know, send a stern email and sort of leave it at that. If they didn't take it down, then I just had to continue on with my day because otherwise I would end up crying or like, you know, focusing too much on that and not actually focusing on my own business. So did you have any of that in the beginning when people, you know, started to take your ideas of the products and things like that? I don't think it was to the same extent that you experienced. Mm. Um, I, the one that I'm going through now is probably like probably the biggest one. Um, you know, so I, I can only feel for you. Like if you, if I saw someone um, steal my designs and putting it there on their own swimwear, it's just like, come on. Um, but, <laughs> and it's hard, like, as you said, like sometimes you can only get them through like a photo that they've shared, not the actual like, yeah. You know, obviously they copied your bikini, but like you can't get them through that. It has to be through mm-hmm. a different avenue. And yeah. um, that's what I'm having to do now as well because there's certain like legal things. It's like, oh, that's like in a gray area. So let's try to go for this one. But as you mm. said, at the same time, this has just been, I feel like this has been time consuming, um, not just with my time, but for my brain space too. Yeah. You know, like I'm just constantly even thinking about it and I know it's not some, like, I don't know, even if it's just a small business that's in a different country, Mm. it's just so annoying to me. Like it's just knowing that it exists. Yeah, Um, it's hard. Yeah, and I didn't, so yeah, to answer your question, I didn't have that in the (laughs) beginning. I think we weren't big enough, but now that we're getting a bit big and getting more followers, um, I definitely have seen other businesses like take a lot of inspiration from our products but Mm. you know a lot of there's a lot of brands out there with shimmering body oils and whatnot it's more about like if they've copied your exact you know brand identity um Mm -hmm. because brand identity is basically what sets you apart from other businesses you know everyone it's so easy now in e-commerce for everyone to enter the market and the Mm -hmm. ones that have stayed around like us like i mean the brands that we had like five years ago aren't around anymore let's be honest (laughs) yeah (laughs) but you know like if for you to really like stay in the game and stand out it's through your brand identity and um what you know, trying to differentiate yourself from the others. Um, and it's just disappointing to see other people just 
come and copy that because like mm. we've we've come up with the, our marketing and I- identities and branding through our own original ideas, um, yes. which everyone else should be doing. But you know, taking exactly. inspiration from others that's like totally okay because we're all kind of doing the same thing. There's so many swimwear labels, there's so many <laughs> beauty yeah. brands, and we're all on Instagram. So, but you know, just stay true to your branding and just be consistent and. Um, people stick around. Yeah, definitely. And I think just on that, you know, brand identity is actually something quite difficult to come up with yourself. And so I think when they see that someone else has made something that's successful, that resonates with an audience, it's easier for sure to steal how they do their imagery, their captions, their brand voice. Um, Because I've had a few clients, you know, other people taking a little bit too much inspiration from them in that exact area. Um, And it is tough because it is something that is so synonymous, you know, like if you saw a brand, you know what brand it is without even seeing the product. Yeah. Um, And so it's something that is probably more close to home. It's like someone copying your personality as a human, you know. Yeah. Um, (laughs) That would be very, very strange. (laughs) Yeah. But people do it in business, you know. It's crazy. Yeah, it's like, so, you know, when you think of Ete Swimwear, it's like it really stands out because the, there was the whole minimalist kind of block colours, that was it. Mm. Yours was like, you know, feminine, adventurous. Um, the, the Like you had, I think it was your partner, maybe you that doing the designs and it was like yeah. hand-painted, so it was very unique. So if you saw that design on somewhere else, you're like, you didn't come up with that <laughs> out of thin air, you know. Um, yeah. And so like that, mm-hmm. and I think that your branding has stayed so consistent and everybody knows that's like the feminine um, swimwear go-to and you have your pastel colours rather than like, you mm-hmm. know, your muted neutrals like everyone else. Yeah. Um, and I can't really think of many brands that have that branding and it's so different. And when you think of Boracay Skin, there's it's like that that beige and we've like trademarked that beige mm-hmm. too because um, I think it's so, it's so strong with our branding. Yeah. Like, yeah, so... Um, and little story from that beige color. It's actually that I didn't come up with that from thin air. It was like, I thought about that color. It was mm. basically representative of a coconut because I, I love coconut oil. Um, and then it also kind of reminds you, you of like just tan skin, um, mm. you know, that kind of glow that you get in the summertime. And it was yep. kind of sand, like a sandy color as well. So it had different meanings behind that color. So there's so many, um, there's so much work that goes to, into like brand identity and just trying to be consistent. Um, mm-hmm. So for anyone listening, like, you know, just come up with your own stuff. <laughs> yeah. And I think just on that, a lot of people fall back on naivety. A lot of the people that I messaged that were using my photos and my designs fell back on the fact that they thought they were doing wholesale. But in this day and age, you can't use naivety as an excuse. You know, um, a lot of the times, even when people copy captions or even imagery or branding, they say, oh, I didn't realize I just took inspiration. But you have to draw the line uh, between being naive and copying and really understanding what are you actually doing? So I would encourage you, everyone listening, ask yourself, are you do you actually know where your products come from? Are you being unique? Have you just bought wholesale off a Chinese website that's not actually wholesale, FYI? <laughs> yeah, um, they got to be careful designed with them those. Somewhere. Like, yeah, because, yep. I, look, I don't um, – I'm not in fashion, but I've heard from other um, friends in fashion that mm. – 
you got to be careful with the manufacturer that you go to because sometimes if you say if you've come up with your own design and you've you've drawn them out you've made like your own like you know you've tried to make the sample and then you go to them Mm. and you're like hey I want this fabric and like this you know like you've come up with it originally and then they make it for you and you're like okay done so a lot of them the manufacturers will hold on to that design and then sell it to mm-hmm. other like because now so many people are trying to start up their own labels they just yes. tell it to, and they go hey we have this design book you can just pick out whatever you like um yeah. so you got to be really careful with that too and make sure you sign like ndas or like oh, confidentiality mm-hmm. agreements because this is just it's like it's all that legal jargon that like at the start you're like oh what does this mean but it's just it'll just save you in the long run yeah 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 it's crazy because yeah even one time I was doing a market here in Perth and the girl opposite me had bikinis and she had my design in her truck really like it was my exact thing but it was like a really shitty replica because all of ours were hand painted hers was like a computer generated version of my bikini and I gave her a quick business lesson because I said this is not wholesale (laughs) can you see my stand over there it's identical um wow so it even like even at a local Perth market. So I don't even know where my stuff is, to be honest. Like it's everywhere. Um, But people need to stop thinking that the easy route is the best route to start a business. Like do the right thing. Be unique because everyone else will be doing the same as you if you're taking the easy route. Um, And being unique means you'll be in business for longer and have longevity as well. Like us, we've been here for five years. And someone said to me the other day, oh, you're such a new company. And I was like, you know, I've been here for like almost five years and they're like, yeah, that's new. I was like, not in this day and age, like businesses <laughs> barely make it yeah, one year. I mean, yeah. So I, when I think of, cause when I approach, you know, like manufacturers or suppliers, like mm-hmm. to them, like, you know, five years for them is like really new. Cause they, they've been in business for like 30 odd years or whatever. <laughs> yeah. So five, but to me, when I think about it, I'm like, you know, all the brands that work my competitor brands five years ago mm-hmm. are no longer around. So Emil just had to quickly answer the door. So we took a little break and we will jump back into the call now. I'm noticing that copying is becoming more and more like okay for some reason, because I think of like TikTok and there's all these trends and the idea of TikTok is to follow trends and to copy other people. So it's coming through in content generation and then I'm seeing it come through on Instagram and reels and like people just literally take the exact thing and copy it instead of making it unique. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's just becoming way too common, I think. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I think with, with social media and you would agree with me here, hopefully, but it happened so quickly and like five years, but there was no TikTok. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we didn't even have stories on Instagram. So it was no. like you do it via <laughs> Snapchat. And the thing with social media, it's it's moving at a really rapid pace. Um, and so, you know, anyone that approaches me for advice about um, starting a business and stuff, um, it, it is very competitive. Um, I won't even yep. lie about that. Like I think I felt like when I started I might have missed the Instagram bro, but now it's like I don't know, it's just it's so hard, hey, because just just so many um brands popping up and then it's just hard to try and um everyone's attention spans getting shorter and shorter. So yep. <laughs> like this back then it was like 30 second video and now it's like no it's 15 mm-hmm. now it's like no nah, you got to get that intention within one second um, yes and yeah it's just crazy to me I don't know if I'm just like sounding 
um, someone that's not, you know, Gen X or something, but <laughs> I mean, I'm a millennial, but I feel like we're getting like, oh, we just can't keep up with like all these trends and like what's trending on TikTok changes so quickly. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've used TikTok yeah. before, but um, I'm sure you use it for like the, for making videos and because I've seen your reels, which I find really mm-hmm. creative. <laughs> yeah. And I just, yeah, it just moves really quickly, you know, like, um, there's like a, a hot song for one minute and then there's like a new dance and I don't know, then there might be a new app that everyone might get onto in the next 12 months. Who knows? Just, yeah, mm-hmm. but you've got to like keep up with the trends. Yeah. And so just on that, obviously we can't all operate at a million miles an hour, um, doing absolutely everything, being on top of everything. How do you manage that? Obviously you have a team now to help yeah. out with certain things. Um, but how do you make sure that you're always kind of reinventing or kind of reassessing what you're doing because what worked five years ago, like I was posting every two hours, um, does yeah. not work now. Like you can't be posting every two hours. <laughs> no, you can't. I mean, like on how to, I read a lot. So I read mm-hmm. a lot of, um, and I've only started really doing it maybe in the last 12 months, but I, I started okay. um, reading uh, more in um, business kind of mm-hmm. articles. Um, so even, uh, you know, something like the financial review, I think only a few years ago, they weren't really talking about social media. And now like they have columns where they just talk about social media. Um, yeah. So, you know, and they're talking about TikTok a lot. Um, surprisingly mm. so um, just reading a lot of business articles there's so many on the internet um, and they just give a lot of good advice so um, mm. that you know just trying to absorb all of that um, I hate trying to I hate trawling through social media too much so um, I don't like to you know look at the trends by like scrolling too much um, I try and limit uh, the amount of time I spend on my phone as well but I'm kind of failing at that this week but uh, <laughs> yeah I'm try- I try to limit the amount of time I spend on my phone to be honest um, but yeah basically reading business journals mm. um, and also just following uh, other business owners that might be doing a similar thing I love seeing what you're doing um, and then you just pick up little gold nuggets from like you know, other business owners and um, they, if you're sharing too, they might pick something up. So um, really just for referring to your community. Mm-hmm. Awesome. I love that tip. I think we've packed so much into this that people can take away. I've seen a few comments that people are loving this. So I want to say thank you so much for jumping on here and hopefully we can catch up in person soon again. Yeah, I know. Um, I think it's been over a year now. Yeah, because I was coming to Melbourne every few weeks yeah. after you were coming to Perth every few weeks. Yeah. So um, I probably saw you more than I saw people in Perth, to be honest, at that time. <laughs> yeah, it just gets like that as a business owner sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Well, thank you so much for your time and for sharing all of that with us. Um, and, yeah, have an awesome day. Thanks so much. <laughs> See ya. See ya. I hope you can really relate to some of that and know that you are not alone on this entrepreneurial journey because there's always someone out there that has either been there before you or yet to follow in your footsteps or experience some of the things that we experience as business owners. So I really hope you enjoyed that episode. Please, as always, don't forget to screenshot and share it on your Instagram stories. Tag me at jess.williamson8 and Emile at Emil Mendoza and we will share the love right back. Have an amazing day.